Our buddy Chaz stops by to talk Ohio State football. We talk about the Oregon debacle last week and what to expect moving forward. All that and more next on Dot in the Eye with Davis and Chad. What's up, Buckeye Nation, and welcome back to Dot in the Eye with Davis and Chad. This is episode 22, and I am glad to be back. Uh, recently, I unfortunately got COVID-19, so I've been battling that. So I, it's been a heck of a couple of weeks in more than one way because sickness and the sickness that Ohio State football has brought upon me. What do you say, Davis? Uh, first of all, welcome back, man. Um, I thought April did a great job filling in last time, but obviously, you know, I definitely missed you. Um, glad to see that you're doing better. I know you still got kind of a long road to recovery, you and your family. Um, wish you guys nothing but the best, but glad to at least have you back on here. Uh, and before we get too much further, apparently there is some uh, paying up of prop bets in order. Um, I don't know how to do this since I've never lost a prop bet with you. Just so. do what feels right. <laughs> well, it, it doesn't feel, feel right. right. It doesn't feel right because I've never lost a prop bet to you. So for those of you who don't know, we make a prop bet, um, three of them, and it's usually best out of three at the end of each week uh, for the upcoming game. And for the Minnesota game, we made three prop bets. It's been so long I can't even remember. I think it had something to do with blah, 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 but I lost. And to pay up for this bet, I have to be overly nice and complimentary of Chad during this episode. So first of all, I'd like to start out by saying that Chad – was extremely right, and I was very wrong. Chad is handsome, and I'm not attractive. Um, Chad smells good, and I stink. Um, we can get a little more personal later. But, Let's talk about uh, my ass in these shorts. <laughs> spectacular. You know, <laughs> a grade A top quality meat right there. <laughs> me, on the other hand, uh, no one even looks at me out in public. As a matter of fact, they make a point to look the other direction. As long as you're willing to admit that now. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So um, let's go ahead and continue this call or this uh, this podcast with some more of how Chad is right and how wrong I am moving forward. That sounds good, man. And listen, I'm, I'm pretty excited today. Not only do, am I back talking Ohio State football, but also we have a guest. We've been waiting to get on the podcast for quite some time. Uh, it's a good buddy of mine, uh, Chaz Williamson, who might be one of the most diehard Ohio State fans that I know. And uh, he's he's here to talk to us about what's going on, what the heck happened versus Oregon last week, and uh, w- what's going on going forward. What's up, Chaz? Hey, man. Thanks for having me on. Hey, Davis. Hey, Chaz. Thanks for joining us, buddy. All right. So listen, man. Real quick. This is the best way. There is no better way to to kick this off other than this. I think everybody's pissed off about last week. So give me your general synopsis. What the hell happened last Saturday? Well, after watching it like 18 times, to be honest, it still makes me as sick as the first time. I just want to get that out there. It's hard to watch over and over and over. But I would have to say, man, it's it's that run defense, dude. And at first, I know on your Facebook uh Facebook page I put fire Kerry Combs but I'm not gonna lie to you it I don't think we have the players to run that scheme I'm sorry I think that there's players that's sitting on the bench that's not seeing the field that need to see the field we don't have any I guess juice on defense no wanting to tackle anybody on defense it's it's terrible to watch like it's honestly watching somebody helpless like get beat over and over and over on that run defense that's it's just terrible i'm sorry now chaz you you said something that i thought it was a very interesting point and i actually 100 percent agree with you is that i think after watching those first two games and even if you want to go back to the alabama game last year um we just don't have the players to run that scheme i don't think it's a bad scheme but in order to run that type of scheme you need to have elite players running those because you're playing so much man. You're relying so much upon certain individuals holding up their end of the bargain instead of kind of an overall team effort. 
I mean, look at it at how many players already this year that we are we are starting uh, not starting, but at least a lot of snaps for true freshmen. You don't see that in an Ohio State defense. Normally, players wait a couple years, and by the time they get up to that role, barring a little bit of transition time, you know they're almost elite already. And we're already bringing in true freshmen, and the reason why is because we just don't have the players like we've had in the past. I'm not saying that there's not some on the roster right now, but overall for that scheme, I think it's the wrong scheme. So I think you hit the nail on the head right there. Well, thank you. I, it's, it's, I don't want to like bash every player, but I'm going to be honest with you, just from what I see, my biggest disappointment on that D line to me is Tyreek Smith. I've even talked to Chad. Cause you know, me and him all the time, like uh, he'll ask me like, Hey man, you know, who do you think is going to have other than, you know, your obvious guys, like Alave on offense, like who do you think is going to break out? I said Tyree Smith, just because of the last uh, three to four games he played last year. And he shows flashes of doing that. He's been, honestly, he's just been a guy on the field and that's it. And to me, that's disappointing. The senior guy that comes back, and he's done nothing the last two games. He can't get a run, you know, run stop. And and if you like, you know, watch the game over and over, like like I have, like I'm sorry, I like Chad says, that's a big compliment to me, which I appreciate that. That you know, I'm probably one of the biggest Buckeye fans ever because that's my whole life. I don't miss Buckeye games for nobody. But the <laughs> one <true>. player that impre- <laughs> the one player that impressed me impressed me the most was JTT two plays. He had, he had a tackle for loss. He stuffed the, he stuffed the, uh, pool blocker, you know, put and he him batted a pass side. down too. He batted yeah. an important pass down a third down pass. Thank you. And that's the guy that's mm-hmm. been there the least amount of time. Yeah. I mean, he came into camp the latest and he's already seen, but I mean, if you look at him, he literally looks like he's an upperclassman. Like he is yeah. ginormous. But that's the thing. That That is the thing is that, okay, here's my take. And so, you know, the Blocko is important, right? They give the jersey or the Blocko to a team captain. And, of course, usually it's on defense, and it was on defense last year with Jonathan Cooper. So this year they give it to Thayer Munford on the offensive line, which is great. But, again, I think that's showing that there's just no one that is really that guy on defense. There's no one that's stepping up and being a leader on defense. You have a bunch of players. You have some injury issues. Like, Right now, if I had to tell you of any guy on defense, who is the guy that is probably in the locker room doing all the talking? Maybe Haskell Garrett, but Haskell Garrett has been, I mean, he's getting double teamed a lot. He's probably, you know, you can take him out of the equation a lot, but who else is really leading that defensive field? Who else is going to give that defensive group some grit and, you know, the just the body language of getting out there and doing something? You don't have anyone out there that I could even pick that, that takes that role. Yeah, I, I I don't really know either, to be honest. Not from what I see the last two games. I can't even tell you who pulls apart to be the leader. So uh, I, I agree. I agree that Kerry Combs is a problem. I don't think he's the entire problem. My issue with Kerry Combs is continuing to try to play a defense that, number one, wasn't working and not making any in-game adjustments. Like, it's one thing if we're going to get torched a little bit in the first half – but if we came out and we switched things up and we were stopping the plays that we were allowing the first half, that's good coaching. I can live with that. But we got beat by yeah. the same damn thing we did in the first half continually over and over. It wasn't until like the last two or three drives that we finally showed something different and got a few stops. Well, you and you and Chaz are probably going to both roll your eyes. I know Chaz probably will when I say this. But, dude, for me, do I blame Kerry Combs? Slightly. I blame Ryan Day. I got to be honest, man. Last year. We had this problem at the end of the year. We went into camp. We had a fresh new camp, a whole new set, you know, to to correct things, to get things going. And we come back out here, and you can't tell me he's going against this defense every day in practice that he don't know it's like this. He does know it's like this. He's a smart right. guy. I just don't know. I just don't know if he's just doesn't have the balls to tell Kerry Combs, hey, man, this is not going to work. We need to do something else. Whether he's giving him too much leash and now he needs to recant some of that leash or what's going on. But I blame Ryan Day, dude. At the end of the day, this is Ryan Day's football team, not Kerry Combs' football team. Ryan Day's football team. And it's his legacy, 
and it's his team. So uh, to me, Ryan Day needs to step up. He needs to put some foots and some asses, and we need to get this train rolling. That's how I feel about it. Before Chaz says anything on that, I'd just like to point out, Chad, that was a very good point, and you're super intelligent. I I really think that you're using <laughs> a lot of great insight into. So I would really enjoy to hear Chaz's uh, rebuttal because that was a great point. You know, <laughs> you know, I I do have to give props to Chad dude because he was three and zero on the prop bet. So hey, Chad, what a call, buddy! What thank a call. you, man. Thank you. Know, you. I appreciate hey. that. Nice but, uh, to feel wanted. Uh, <laughs> oh, Chaz, you don't have to pay him up on that bet. That's just my job. <laughs> I'm gonna kiss his well, butt thought, enough during this episode. You, we don't need I, it from you too. I, I, I thought I'd help you out just a little bit. Dave. Okay, just fair enough. Fair yeah, enough. It's been, it's been a bad week for everybody. Okay, you know. Yeah. I'm sorry, but uh, <laughs> no, I'm not actually. Chad, believe it or not, I'm not rolling my eyes on that because you you have to you have to know like. Okay, when to step in and when not to step in. You know, it, I, I will say one thing about the way Ryan Day at the press conference yesterday, if you guys watched, like, he's Yeah, pissed. I watched it. No, he's not happy at all. No, and and he, he's, he's taking responsibility for it. Yeah, and Chad, you're right, dude. Like, I now I know me personally, if I was Ryan Day that day, I... I probably would have pulled an arm of my own and had a heart attack on the field because there's <laughs> no way you're telling me anybody like just generally, you know, casually maybe watching the game. You're not seeing that it's the same thing over and over and over and over and not going to go, Oh, well, I'm not doing nothing. Oh, well, Oh, well, you know, just shrugging my shoulders like, Oh, we can get him, you know, or, you know, the football gods are going to come down and do something. We'll have a missed fumble or something. I just don't, I'm like you, I don't understand it either because Carrie, it wouldn't have been just been Carrie. Let, let me say that. It's not even just Carrie. It's Al Washington, the linebackers. I, you know, I know I'm going to probably be sporadic, but you know, the linebackers aren't filling holes. No, they're certainly not. Mitchell is standing there waiting to get blocked and poor Tommy is taking on the double team. And he's just like, you know, he's slow as molasses and everybody, you know, got on tough Borland, but I'm sorry, but what is the difference? It's no wonder tough Borland started last two years. Who the hell's behind him? That's what I'm saying now. To be you honest know, with you, man, the, the only person that's really even remotely kind of, I can't even speak my feathers fluff would be Denzel Burke, man. I think he's having a great year so far. I can really see a lot in him. I, I think he looks that. like the next Denzel, um, the next Denzel Ward, I mean, or yeah, he he's he he's absolutely amazing. And I gave him a little bit of crap that first game against Minnesota, uh, just because I saw a few things. But dude, he was he's true freshman dude. He just graduated high school like four months ago, and that kid is on the road in the rain against a Minnesota, not easy Minnesota team, and playing his butt off, and then turns around in Oregon and completely shuts down the Oregon wide receiver like. He's going to be an absolute stud. Like he's going to probably have to be the kid that steps up and turns this thing around. I mean, steps up and be a young leader because I just, man, it, it's sickening. It's almost embarrassing. Like I almost can't even turn on the TV or listen to any of the radio stations because I'm fully embarrassed at what happened on Saturday and actually the last two or three games in general. So this is more of not just disappointment. This is an embarrassment. And I think that's why Ryan Day is really feeling a lot more pressure on this one more than like, it's one thing for an urban Meyer to throw up that stinker, you know, once a year that he would throw up. Uh, but at least we would look decent most of the rest of the year. This one is just a pattern and it's like, what the hell is happening? Yeah. I, I was about to ask Chad about Denzel Burke, like coverage wise, he is like, you could see what Carrie says about him, you know, what he shows in practice, you know, to me, that's as a freshman, two games, he's making good, you know, good plays. Yeah. He may have had one pass interference, but I mean, who doesn't have a pass interference? And he looks like he's 16 years old out there. Yeah. He's the smallest guy on the field. Yeah. I want to know, like I said, I'm not trying to bash people here, but like I said, I know some of my friends are going to listen to this too. And, you know, I've been saying it over and over, 
but and I and I put my house on two people that what I wanted to say before you know this podcast ends is why is Court Williams not out there? That dude reminds me of Jamel Hines. He can play in the box, but he he can also cover you know a tight end, somewhat of a receiver or you know a halfback out of the backfield. Why is he not seeing the field? I want to know that, and I want to know why Ryan Watts proves that he can come up and hit and tackle, which that's another thing I'm really, excuse my language, pissed off about the defense, is nobody wants to tackle. Lay John yeah. or Lee John or Lejon, whatever, number four, don't want to tackle. Nope. Ryan I... Watts ne- never played a down last week, and that really pissed me off. Plus, I mean, I don't know how you feel about this, but I, even from the beginning, I still feel like Ronnie Hickman's not playing the right part of the field. I think they got him in the wrong spot. You know, I was about to ask Chad about Ronnie Hickman, too. I, I like Ronnie. I, don't I do, know why too. Not, I, don't I don't know why he's not coming off the edge. Yeah, he they they got him in that silver bowl position, whatever, where he's kind of like a hybrid, but he's playing a lot of run or a, a lot of linebacker duty from what I'm seeing. Yeah. And he's not really the right build for that. And we're not utilizing his skill in the defensive backfield where I think it needs to be. They need now, again, maybe that's another testament to how weak the linebackers are and how little confidence we have in some of the players. They're terrible, but, dude. They can't they our linebackers have absolutely no speed to get to the edge at all to stop anything. They don't, they don't plug holes. They don't get outside. I don't, you know, I'm sitting here wondering every year I've said to myself, it can't be worse than last year. And then it is like, so, so that has to be to me, all the things we're saying, it all has to be coaching. It can't all be personnel. You can't tell me we're pulling in four, three, four and five star recruits all over the place. Every single week we're getting a new one in, but yet nobody can play football. Well, I think I think you're right in the fact that a lot of it is coaching, but there's still some player issues. And the player issue again, I think, comes back to we don't have that true defensive leader. See, but that is one it, is it is player bringing, issues, or is uh, it us not having people where they should be? I think it's a combination. Of, I think it's a combination of everything, and that's why I think there's a big overhaul getting ready to happen. Now, whether or not that's actually demoting Kerry, they're not going to fire him in the middle of the season, but. Whether or not it's demoting him down and having someone else in charge of some of the play calls, whether that's actually changing overall scheme or simplifying the scheme, I don't know. But I think this only happens because we've had some issues at the beginning. As soon as Jeff Halfley left at the end of 2019, uh, we were starting to see some of these issues in 2020. Now, of course, 2020 was that shortened season, so we didn't know if we were excusing it because of COVID and because of a lack of a spring and a fall practice and all that. So I think ever since Jeff Halfley left, this has been something that's been snowballing. And I think because of our offense, especially with Justin Fields last year, it kind of got you know hidden a little bit. But we still saw it in spurts last year with the Indiana game and with obviously what happened against Alabama and in the Northwestern game a little bit. And just you know a few things like that. I think now with the full year, we were expecting, okay, hey, we got everything. We got our players. I know we still have some injuries and stuff like that, but now we're ready to roll. And now we're seeing that problem even worse. It has it, it. It's something that is not a quick, easy fix. And I think that these changes are going to take some time. Now, the good thing is we got two cupcake games coming up to try to get some things changed. But I mean, I really don't see this getting fixed this year, in my opinion. Dude, I think. Well, how do you guys feel about Josh Proctor? I think we lost our best, our probably our biggest leader in the uh, on defense. To be honest with you. He's the one I probably trusted the most. But True. You guys may you may not agree with me. I feel like he was one of the players out of position. He to me he should be the hybrid, the, the strong safety because that dude will come up and hit you. And he's got yeah, he will. Feet, you know? Yeah, he can it, lay the wood, man. It, and to go back to what you said, Chad, that's what I was going to ask you. You know, it, I think it's a little bit of both. Like I think it's. I think it's players not playing in the right position. Because defense, I'm sorry, man, people may not agree with me, and I know that if you get to know me, I'm the type of guy, I'm going to say my mind, and people think I'm arrogant or annoying, I don't really care. But defense is simple. Like, they had no pressure Saturday. I'm sorry, but I don't know why, like I said, why is Hickman not coming off the edge if you're doing read options? 
that quarterback could easily pull the ball too soon and there's a fumble. Or you keep hitting him, you know, why are we not doing anything like that? The linebackers, you know, you tell them, get to the hole. Don't wait. Go hit somebody. Because at the end of the day, defense is very, very simple. It is not that hard. You don't need to run, you know, oh, I need you to run, you know, 10 yards this way and then cut to the left. And then if this guy goes this way, you go this way. It is very simple. I just don't understand how linemen are not being violent with their hands. Why is linebackers not filling the holes? And, yes, why is there safety? And I, this is one guy I had to bring up after Lejean or whatever his name is, legend, is Bryson Shaw. That dude does not know coverage. And I thought, personally, I thought Isaiah Pryor was bad at angles. That kid's bad at angles. That kid yeah, is yeah. terrible at taking angles. Well, it honestly, it just it looks like to me, if I had to simplify my answer, it looks like Ohio State is playing afraid of giving up a big play and they're waiting for the offense to react first before they react because they don't want to bite early on a play and have a blown play that goes for 80 yards. It looks like they're not quite sure what they're doing. So, again, they're waiting for the offense before they react. They're not being the aggressor. And that is a combination of a lot of coaching and not being prepared and probably uh, just some player uh, insufficiencies or, you know, not being confident. And again, a lot of that can just be tied back to the fact that, you know, we don't have that big leader that's really getting this defense to play together as a whole and trusting in each other. Because that might be it, too. Maybe, you know, in order for all this defense to work, the players have to trust that the other players are going to do their job so they can just focus on their job. And maybe if they're not trusting some of the other players, they're trying to do too much or they're trying to take on more than what their role's supposed to be and they're out of position. So again, this is probably a combination of things that I don't think is going to get fixed. I don't know all season, but this is not going to be like we're going to see a different team this weekend. It's not going to be know. that's not going to happen. But people that don't know football will think there's a different team this this week well, because we're, we're playing, playing lesser opponents. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, b- before before we get because we'll we'll touch on Tulsa for like a minute, but I the other point I want to bring up because I know we're talking a bunch about this defense, and obviously that's what everyone's talking about. But I I want to hit on the offense a little bit, and I want to talk more specifically about the quarterback because I know that there's going to be probably we'll disagree in this group, let alone other people disagreeing. The one stat I want to point out to you is this: is we out. Well, we outgained Oregon by over 100 yards of offense, and we get beat. We have 612 yards of offense, and we scored 28 points. Now, there was a coach, I might have been, I can't even remember what coach had said this, but there's almost a rule of thumb that for every 100 yards you gain on offense, for every 100, yeah, for every 100 yards of offense you gain, you want to score seven points. Bill Parcells. Yeah. So at 600 yards, we should have had, what, 42 points? Yep. So, and we had 28. So we're 14 points behind on the yards that we gained what we should have had. So even with the bad defense that we had, the offense still had the ability to win that game. And it wasn't necessarily as much at the end, them faltering, but it was the beginning scoring seven points in the first half and already having, you know, almost 300 yards of offense in the first half. That can't happen. And for all those people that say, oh, CJ's great, you know, he passed for 480 yards. Like, if you actually watch the game, man, he overthrew a lot of people. You know, there was a couple drops that they had, but he probably threw them a little late, and that's why the guy got hit immediately and dropped it. And the biggest issue I have is in the running game where he could really be utilized, especially on those third and fourth down and short, he is not reading it correctly at all. He is giving it off, and we're losing yards, and we're not picking those up, and we're finding ourselves going for it on fourth down five times in a game. So I kind of want to hear, Chaz, where you're at, I guess, with our offense, because I know we definitely have all the players there to do it, but I'm seeing uh, an issue that maybe we might be stuck with all year. Okay, I want to try to, like I said, I told Chad I'm not going to try to go like off the rails here, but the problem <laughs> with me is a lot of these Buckeye fans like, oh, CJ's not the guy. CJ's not the guy. You know, his stats are padded. Okay, but let's be honest here, man. Did he overthrow, like, sale some passes? Yeah, that can be fixed immediately. 
I remember when Justin Fields got there the first year, he wasn't keeping the ball either. When he first did his read options, that can be fixed. Now, I don't know. I disagree. His very first touchdown was a was a 40-yard run he kept on a read option against FAU. Now, given well, it was FAU, but still. C.J. Stroud's first uh, read option last year was for a touchdown against Michigan State. Yeah, but he hasn't run the ball again this year in two games where he probably needed him to run. Well, I was about to bring Chad up. Is that because Ryan Day's telling him not to run? You know what, dude? I he, here's Am here's I, my thing with him, man. I just think he's immature in his decision making. I'm not saying, and I told Davis this. I'm not saying he's not the guy, but he's immature as hell right now, and I don't understand why. I feel like those decisions should be the easiest decisions. I figure, I you know, I would think as a mobile quarterback, you would fare on the side of running the ball. That's a much safer play than throwing it anytime. You know what I mean? You're going to get guaranteed yards. If you can see the field, you're going to get guaranteed yards versus throwing the ball. That interception that he threw over Alave said was the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. I just threw myself on the floor. That's all I could do. Yeah, that one was bad. Now, I guess situationally, even had he had completed that to Alave, it would have been like fourth and 14. So I'm not sure how much yeah, of but difference that, that would have made. Well, it... Technically, yes, but the game was also, you know, when we had the ball with seven minutes left and then we had penalty. See, I I will agree that some of C.J. Stroud's issues, um, at least in the Oregon game, was coach day not calling enough runs. And they were, I mean, he had over 50 pass attempts. Like, he's not Dwayne Haskins. We completely abandoned the run game. Completely. Yeah, so I agree. There was definitely some, some offensive play calling issue that probably, you know, it's almost kind of like, Ryan Day's MO now is if his quarterback is struggling, he's going to make him throw it even more. Even though that tends to help him out a little bit, the problem is we're again becoming predictable in in a sense. Yeah. And sorry. Sorry. No, go ahead. No, I was going to go back to CJ. Like to me, I don't. To me, CJ showed something that day. Like, he didn't score in the first quarter. Yes, like I said, we can go each drive by drive, play by play by play. Yes, the first half, dude, he missed some throws. Yes, he should have he should have kept some read option plays. Yes, absolutely. But it's like I'm sorry, but it goes back to Ryan Day. Like, and and this is what really irritates me about sometimes with Buckeye football and media and honestly social media anymore. It, it, you know, we're going to tweet out that we have the best, biggest, baddest offensive line in America, and one dude is, you know, bigger than Orlando Pace, and he's probably going to be just as good. Yeah, but you're not moving anybody off the ball. When it's fourth and two, you're getting stuffed by Oregon, who's their two, not one, two best players on defense are out. That's sad. That is sick to watch, too. You know, it's like your leader, Mumford, is getting called for holding. Mumford's not reaching the guy – you know, the up to the linebacker so we can, can convert one of them fourth downs. Yeah, I was I you was know? genuinely shocked at how poorly we lost the line of scrimmage in that game. Yeah, I, I, I mean, genuinely, if you would have told me anything and I had to bet money on it, I would have told you there's no way we would have got beaten on the line of scrimmage, especially with those players out. And we yeah. got beaten consistently. We didn't get one rush on the quarterback. I don't even think we like even sped up their quarterback. And then at the end of the game, they kept getting through and getting to um, yeah. to CJ. Yeah, but to me, CJ showed like to me he's shown that he don't quit. Like he went after yes after the first half, he went score for score with them. He converted some fourth downs. You know he threw the pass to Njigba Smith right on the money across the middle. That was a beautiful throw. You know, it's to me, he showed me something as his character. He don't quit. And that's what I, I was like. going to say. We did drop some balls. I mean, let's be honest here. We dropped yeah. quite a bit of balls. Oh, yeah. But, you this know, is so more, I, I can more, give him that. This is for my take on CJ is for more to the people that I read all the time on Twitter. And like I said, my friends that are going to listen. I don't what. How is it CJ's fault? How is this game on him? I, I don't see how it is. Now, okay. Yeah, should he, should I, he converted? Listen, I, I, I agree. I agree with everything you're saying, and I'm I'm really in the same boat. I think here's realistically what the problem is. 
Number one is you're coming off a quarterback that's trying to fill the, the holes of Justin's shoes um, already. Number two is we know that we have not one but two five stars behind him that for all we know, the sky's the limit with them. So he is going to be dealing, CJ's going to be dealing, and it's my own fault too, of what if, you know, what if we are starting the right quarterback? You know, what if this is another Kelly Bryant at Clemson and he goes down and then they finally bring in uh, Trevor Lawrence and they win the national title that year? Like, that's, I think, more the problem than anything. And people are trying to read into a lot of this stuff. And I'm doing the same thing. You know, I am I being hypercritical of CJ at the beginning of this year? Probably more than I have so any other quarterback. And I think it's because of those things why he's being judged so harshly. I do agree we need to give him some t- some more time. But I'm also more worried than anything that we could potentially have another Joe Burrow situation where we have the guy behind him. And he's good enough and quality enough to keep running the show, but we're going to lose out on someone that could potentially be our national championship quarterback. Okay, and I'm going to interrupt everybody right now because I've been wanting to ask this question. I've been waiting to ask this question, and I asked it to Davis, but I haven't got a chance to ask it to Chaz yet. So now at this point in the year, right, knowing the situation we have, okay, and I'm not saying that CJ's not the guy or he's not capable. I'm just saying the situation we're in, we already took an L. Okay, we got a couple of... Cupcake games coming up. Do you put these other guys on the field and see what they can do? You'd have to, but not in this. You have to, but not for the reason you're thinking. You have got to get these kids to play because of the, what's that? The new four game retro rule. Yeah. Yep. No kid wants, no kid wants to sit all 12, 13 games, but yes, Yes, everybody these next two weeks has to play. Everybody, team. like, I'm talking dudes, walk-ons have to play. Everybody okay. has to play. Because here's my thing, right? If 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 CJ plays this whole year, okay, and say say we have a decent year going forward now, okay, Quinn Ewers is not staying at Ohio State. If CJ Stroud has a good year this year and it's his team going forward, Quinn Ewers ain't staying here. He'll be somewhere else. So, like, that's what makes me think, like, do you put him out there now? Do you put him out there now and see what he can do? And it, what if he is the second coming? You know what I mean? What if what if he is everything plus two? You know what I mean? Like, do you try to figure that out now, now that you have a loss? Or do you just play the cards like they were dealt and let CJ carry this team? Because if so, then why would you even recruit Quinn Ewers? You know what I mean? Well, well that's I, just, go ahead. I was about to say recruitment. Yeah, you, you always try to recruit the best player no matter what. But then that that goes back to playing the best player too, right? I mean, like I said, we can argue about defense all day. Like like I said, I can name three guys that shouldn't be on the field on defense that I personally believe three other guys should be on the field. But yeah, Quinn should be in this Saturday. He should be in next Saturday too. So should Kyle McCord or even uh, Miller should be in. They all should play. But it's not for the reasons that we need to see what this kid does because, you know, our offense is, you know, this or CJ's not this. If CJ came out and fumbled the ball or literally did, did not convert any third down passes or didn't go score for score with Oregon, I would be the one right behind you, Chad, saying, yeah, that guy needs to sit the bench. But to me, man, he showed me something that people don't don't see all the time. Like, it's always, you know, people, like, especially people who are casual fans, if somebody throw if somebody throws fifty passes and it's they're forty nine for fifty, all they bitch about is that that one incomplete pass. It's like okay, you know, it's like what is there to complain about? To me, yes, CJ has things that he needs to improve on, but it's not to me that dramatic. Where he, he's just terrible. I don't think he's terrible at all. So here's a question right here, right now: Does Quinn Ewers ever start? For Ohio State. Well, me and you, like I said, me and you have had that discussion. It's it depends. You have to. I'd say it, we all have to be patient this year. If CJ keeps doing what he's done these last two games, say he comes out and he throws another 350 yards against Tulsa. You know, I don't want to go through each game, but let's just say he averages over 300 yards passing and at least three touchdowns to four touchdowns a game. Yes, he will start because CJ will leave. He will go to the pros. And, but then that brings back the Kyle McCord. Like, okay, so so you're so 
by you saying that, let me ask you, so you think Quinn is better than Kyle? But at the beginning, to me, I've always said this. I've lived by Kyle. Kyle McCord is my number one quarterback. He's been my number one quarterback since before the season started. I would have started him over C.J. Stroud. I said that from the beginning. But, you know, what, what do I have to go on? What do I have to go on? Nothing but the spring game and film and my instincts and Ryan Day's offense, which, let's be honest, C.J. Stroud isn't running the ball either. So, I mean, I don't really know how much that really factors into. I, I definitely think that Kyle McCord is a better passer than C.J. Stroud. That's what I believe. But at the end of the day, also, I want to know what Quinn yours is. I don't want to be this. I don't want to be this school man that we hang on too long because I feel like Quinn yours has that attitude, like that Tate Martell kind of an a hole, a little bit attitude to where he's not going to sit and wait, man, because he can play at USC and he can play at Florida and he can play wherever he wants to go. He's going to play, and he's not going to wait. That's what I'm saying. I just don't want to miss that opportunity if it's there. And I I understand that. I truly get that man but to me like when you say that it's it's kind of like one of them things like when you bring him as a Tate Martell I'm sorry man I don't know how anybody believed that kid was going to be good I'm so sorry Tate Martell I, I don't know how anybody thought he was going to be I just that meant was, like that his was attitude bad, that was a bad that was definitely a bad Chad I'm, I've been calling you all day but that one was a bad analogy Tate Martell I, is trash no no you know you whoa, whoa 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 you guys are talking about the skill of Tate Martell I'm talking about his attitude okay where he will leave. My point is, he's not going to wait around for anybody. <laughs> well, I, I don't mean to be this way, but the state Martell attitude is, I'm going to go, you know, be a starter at Miami, but not, you know, be in the depth chart, and then I'm going to transfer to UNLV and not even be a top three, you know, starting quarterback. Like, he'll probably win a Super Bowl. He'll probably win a Super Bowl at Belichick next year. <laughs> to me, that's the attitude of state Martell. <laughs> well, I think I think the biggest thing at this point is. They're they're supposed to have the right guys in. I mean, if you really trust and believe in Ryan Day, he's going to have the right people starting that need to start, and he's going to manage it. I mean, that's why he's being paid millions of dollars to do this. You know, if there's one person at least that I've seen so far this season that I – and I've trusted him before, but I really trust – is Coach Alford uh, for the running backs because you've already seen in the first two games how that depth chart is switched automatically and – Master Teague's almost been squeezed out, which is ultimately what we thought should happen, and it's actually what did. He's not staying on because he's a three-, four-year player and because he's a team captain. He's not seeing it because we have better running backs. And that's why you're seeing Mayan Williams and even Trayvon Henderson continue to get more and more snaps because the better player is playing. So if we really want to trust in this, I mean, it really feels like with what Ryan Day is saying a lot about C.J. Stroud is he's really saying, hey, listen, that this kid is special. Just give him some more time, and he's going to try to find a way to try to keep at least Quinn or Kyle happy. I think there's no way we keep all three, and I don't think there was any way we we're going to keep all three to begin with. But I, I, I'm going to have to just try to trust that Ryan Day is going to manage this quarterback situation to try to keep the best player on the field when he feels like it's the best player while still trying to keep the other ones happy. I mean, that's all See, we can do at this point. I'm not going to judge Ryan Day up to this point. But from here forward, I am going to judge Ryan Day. I want to see what does he do now. Okay, yeah, so like we got rocked in the face, so now what? That's how you tell how how you handle adversity, right there, right there. Yeah, Chad. like you're right. Like to me, I've always said that. Like when when you get punched in the mouth, how do you respond? And right there, the two the two key things that need to be addressed is is yes. Like I said, I don't want to go back on it, but defense needs to be addressed. And to me, that offensive line, you have these five monsters on the line. Okay, we'll run the ball. And that's not because CJ or we don't have the receivers. No, we should be some bad dudes to line up anybody and run the ball. And that's, to me, I I, I don't know, man. It's just. Yeah, we should be able to run the ball. We. We have we said before the beginning of the season, man, if you look at our offense, our receiver room and our running back room were the two things that we were not concerned about at all. And it's weird because here we are. Here we are week two talking about the running back room and how we can't run the ball. Well, yeah. here's the problem with the running back, I think, is we 
I think we still feel like we have such a good offensive line and good running backs that we could just run vanilla plays and expect it to work. Like there's too, too many good coaches out there and so much technology that goes into prepping and watching video that you could get an average team that could stuff an elite running offense if they know how to defend it. So it's not just lining up and run the ball. They're going to have to still be creative with that. And I think that's some of the problem that our offense, especially in the running game, is little vanilla. Like whatever happened to those jet sweeps or whatever happened to some misdirection plays or anything like that. Instead, it just looks like we're lining up and trying to run between the tackles. And I'm sorry, but you give the defense enough time to adjust. They can put enough players there and stop that. So, again, I think this one comes a little bit back on Ryan Day that his play calling's probably gotten a little vanilla in some of that, and he's going to make some adjustments there too. Yeah, cough, cough, fourth and two. Yeah, I mean, did, like you had one option that that play, unless the, he told CJ that he could also keep it, which he should have, but maybe he was directed to just hand it off, like not even read the, 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 uh, the defensive line at that time. But, you know that that's a one option play. If it's a key fourth down, you need to get like have several options in there, like do a rollout where you have three patterns coming over to the weak side where at least one person's not going to be covered or that, that play we scored with uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba um, there on that four other third or fourth down there, you know, have plays like that set up instead of that, just Hey, run and hope to God he gets two yards. Like I hate that. Yeah. But yeah. I'm with you, but that like, like I said, you're right. CJ should have kept the ball. If you're saying that he told him not to keep the ball, I'm sorry, but that goes back on Aaron Mumford on that fourth and two. He he whipped on his guy. You know, if you don't whip on his guy, that's a, that's the first time he falls down. That's the first down. Right, that's yeah. true. But I, but I mean, you you mean a lot of things to go right still yeah. for to get two yards as opposed to calling a play where you know even if it's a broken play, you have other options. Yeah. I mean, then again, I, I'm not a play caller. I'm, I'm just doing this, you know, with my unda- untrained eye. But, you know, there's a lot that goes into this that, you know, not just being a weekend warrior fan, like really diving into this. I know there's a lot that goes behind the scenes that sets this stuff up. There's a reason to the madness for some of this stuff that sometimes may think, well, why do we keep doing this and we're not doing this? With the exception of Kerry yeah. Combs. He, I, I don't agree with what he's doing. I think he's a little bit clueless in my opinion, but. Yeah, like I said, I mean, I'm not being funny. Like I said, you guys are going to laugh and chat like that. Like, like, you're probably right. Like, this is just off the top of my head. Because, like I said, I've watched it 18 times since Saturday. And my wife don't, you know, she don't like, you know, that I watch it over and over and over. You know, I damn near kill myself every time I watch it. But, like, you're right. <laughs> Jeremy Rutherford comes in motion, motion and he sits down. And then it's. Like it looks like a read option, but you're right. It could be later on in the season where, hey, we're going to add where it's a play action. We're just going to dump it to Rucker, and he's going to go out for three yards and you know maybe get the ball and turn up and run. You, I mean, you could be right. It could be something like that too, where it should be later in the season or maybe later that game they were setting it up. Because I've seen Ryan Day do that a hundred times. You know, last right. year against Penn State, you know, with Rucker in motion and Clemson when the play action rollback pass to Rucker. So, yeah, that's well, let's go ahead and wrap this game up. Uh, I know we've been rambling on and we, we could probably talk hours on this to be perfectly honest with you, but I'm actually curious as we wrap this up and we just give a quick little preview um, for the next game in our prop bets, what is realistically going to be your expectations? Okay, and I'm saying your personal expectations, not what do you really think is going to happen, but what are ultimately are you wanting to see as this season progresses now? Because, you know, my take is obviously I want to see us improve and still have a chance for the college football playoff. But realistically, from what I've seen in the first two weeks, we don't even deserve a shot at that. And I think that that needs to be taken off the table immediately. And the focus for me needs to be, can we look like more of a complete team? So my expectations are a lot more open at this point. Um, I'm just wanting to take a week by week personally and just kind of see if we keep showing improvement in, in certain areas. And then if we just, you know, we get to the end of the season and we the only lost was Oregon and we look better, it could possibly be a repeat of 2014 and it could be a magical season. Or 
this could be a, a season where we lose three, four games. It could be the first time we lose to the team up north uh, in eight years. I mean, I don't know. But my expectations are pretty open, but I'm really keeping it week by week. Where are you guys at? You go ahead, Chad. You go ahead. All right. Well, I got to be honest with you, man. I I don't... I don't think that this team has the personnel we did in 2014. Um, yes, we lost early and we ended up coming back and it was a great, memorable season. Um, I just, I don't feel like we have the staff defensively uh, that we had then in order to pull something like that off. Um, to be honest, all I want to see, I think all we can really bank on this year is that our offense kind of figures it out a little bit as far as play calling and our offensive line uh, so we can establish a good running game and keep that you know, get ever closer to that elusive 250-250 offense that we love so much um, that equals victories. And I think that we improve every week, week to week on our on defense and try to get a little bit better every week so that when we hit the end of the year, when we're hitting postseason play or wherever we end up, uh, first of all, we don't lose to Michigan because I really will throw myself off the roof. And number two... Yeah, you got a taller you got a taller house now too. That one that one might cause some damage. Yeah. yeah. And if we do end up in the postseason, at least we don't, you know, come out and get embarrassed. But to be totally honest, I'm not confident in this team. I'm really not. Um, they haven't showed me anything to make me think that way. Now, I'm gonna have to see a pattern of improvement just like we've seen a pattern of terrible defense uh, in order to convince me otherwise. But other than that, I just kind of wanna get better week to week. And see if we can't pull off some victories going forward. Yeah, I would say my expectations as as the end result, like Big Ten title. That's my expectations, and after that, I don't, I don't really have any. And that's just the harsh truth. Just because of what Chad said, this defense, and he said that at the beginning before the even season starts, is can you stop Bama? Can you stop Oklahoma? You know. Can, can you stop even uh, even if you make it to the Big Ten title? Can can you stop Iowa's run game? Can you stop Wisconsin's run game? That's a big question mark now for for me because I didn't get to bring this stat up, but the last three games teams have averaged 209 yards rushing. That's that's terrible. Any anybody who's a football fan or any team you could you could be a fan of you know Division two team that's never won a game in the last four years. That's unacceptable, on especially on the defensive side of the ball. My expectations is Big Ten title, and that's about it. Like I, I don't expect them to go to playoffs just because of their weaknesses. I, I mean, we would have to actually be Oklahoma and shoot everybody out, you know. But yeah, my my expectations is Big Ten title, and that's about it. But yeah, I think I, that's I think that's pretty realistic. I mean. I don't know about you, and I know it's early, but it really seems like the rest of the league is kind of improving, and it feels like we took a big step backwards. So I'm legitimately concerned when we play Penn State this year, when we play Michigan State, who's looked good in two games. Um, when we play, I'm pretty sure we have Iowa on the schedule at home this year, and, of course, the team up north. Like These are games that were probably, any other year, would have been favored by almost double digits, uh, or at least more than a touchdown, that are going to be probably pick games this year. And, you know, it, there's going to be a lot to tell in the next three to four weeks. I know we got these easier matchups, but really stepping up and seeing if we can get some of these things fixed. We don't have to be an elite defense with the offense we have. And I think that's something that gets overstated. We're not going to have the defenses from the late 90s and the early 2000s, you know, and that's fine. I'm okay with that. But if we can still find a way to be gritty, get some turnovers, you know, stop them on third down, uh, still give up some yards here and there, but, you know, keep teams in the 20 point range or lower, like that's realistic. And you don't have to have an elite defense to be like that. It doesn't have to be a Georgia or an Alabama. When you have an offense that's putting up five, 600 yards a game, you know, you keep them under 20 points, you're going to win every single one of those. So, you know, that I think that's going to be the biggest tale is I think the offense will definitely settle in and keep getting theirs. Um, it's just going to be all about that defense. So we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. Well, hey, Chaz, I know you got stuff to do, man. We appreciate you dropping by, man. Loved having you on the show finally. Uh, yeah, thanks, man. Like I said, uh, I can't – I like I said, I, anytime I, I'd like to be on, like I said, I appreciate it and I know – 
you know, for listeners, they're probably going to think that I'm an idiot, but I don't really care. Like I said, they can come <laughs> on here and try to prove me wrong too. So. <laughs> well, the thing is, but, they thought you were an idiot. Now they know. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Because no. <laughs> now they can have tape and rewind it back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Appreciate you guys having me on, man. Like I said, I like listening and everything. So uh, Awesome, man. Yeah, we'll definitely we have you back it. again, Chaz, for sure. Yeah. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. All right, buddy. Yeah, so Chaz, obviously, you know, I know he he's your buddy and you work with him. You guys talk a lot. And I've had a couple conversations with him. Um, he's He's got really good insight because he does pay attention. You know, he, he's more than just a super fan of Ohio State like we are. Um, he, he pays a lot of attention to kind of the ins and outs of some of that stuff. So he's knowledgeable, too. So he, he's a great person to have on here. But really, you just love the passion because you could hear it in his voice. You could hear it in ours. Like, we're still hurt from that loss. Like, that loss hurt pretty bad. And, yeah, I mean, I, I compare it to how I felt after the Iowa game uh, with JT Baird. I, you know, feel the same way after that Purdue loss. Like, just not, like, disappointed. It's just embarrassment, you know, like, and – then, you know, especially me, I don't live in Columbus. So I live down here in Kentucky. So a bunch of SEC fans are constantly giving me crap and I have nothing to say other than you're right. We look terrible. We we're not very good right now. Like it, it's it's hard being a Ohio State fan, which I guess shows how spoiled we've been, you know, over the last decade plus. But it, it definitely is not easy. So but again, uh, glad we had Chaz on this time. Yeah, me too, man. It's long overdue. Hopefully, we can have him on again soon. So, let's get on to these prop bets here for Tulsa. Yeah, so obviously, we have Tulsa. We're not going to do a game preview. I mean, it's Tulsa. You know, we're favored by 24 and a half points. We both believe that we'll cover that. So, um, I guess the only thing to really look forward to is, I mean, I'd like to see the defense play better, but I think they will because it's Tulsa. Like, you're going to see an improvement. So, it's going to be hard to really gauge how much we improve. Um against a team like this and especially the following week against Akron. But um, I guess, you know, it'd be time to pad some stats, get some guys in there that haven't seen some playing time um, and hopefully kind of get some people healthy for big 10 play. So um, we came across our three and I think the first one, we're actually going to stick on the defensive side and we set our sack total overall for the game at one and a half. I think, uh, we'll be a little bit more aggressive, uh, especially with Tulsa probably not having the best offensive line. Um, I think that we'll get two or more sacks. And Chad, you disagree? I do. Okay, you think I do? We'll I've, get I've, one or I've less. lost my. Yeah, I've lost my. I've lost my confidence, dude. And I hope <laughs> I'm wrong on that. But I've yeah. lost all my. Like honestly, I'm. I'm like the guy that's like whatever, just say whatever you want. You know, <laughs> I'm that guy right now. I really am. Yeah, that sad sack in the corner. Oh, I don't want to do it. Yeah. Uh, fair enough. Okay, so I got two or more. You got one or less sacks. Um, the over, the under over for the game is 61 points. And I think you believe that we'll still get like 40 points, but you don't think we'll give up enough. So you, you're taking that you think the total for the game would be 60 points or less. I am going 61 or higher just because I believe that we're going to score a lot. Uh, I think at least 45 points or more. And I think especially we do it early on and we put some backups in, especially with the defensive trouble we've been having. I think we give up a couple scores, maybe almost 20 points to them. So I see us going over uh, 61 or higher. So we differ on that one as well. Yeah. And back to Ohio State rushing, because it has been, it was okay against Minnesota. I think we had like 250, 260 yards, maybe somewhere around there. Um, almost non-existent against Oregon at like a buck 28, um, which is terrible for Ohio State standards. So I decided, you know, let's go ahead and up this one. Let's put it right at 250, which I think is a good round number. And uh, you disagree. You think we'll still be less than 250. I do, because their offensive line sucks. Well, again, we're going against lesser talent too. You got to think, but yep. um, I agree they have not. They've done well in pass defense, but they have not. I don't know done if you well. can tell or not, but I'm going against the Buckeye ju- just despite 
them. Yeah, yeah. You you they definitely seem right. like yeah. You're you're like that girlfriend that's been scorned and you're not returning phone calls right now. That's correct. That's <laughs> correct. <laughs> but you know, eventually we'll you'll loosen back up and you'll answer the phone. So I'm going 250 or more total rushing yards for Ohio State on Saturday. Okay. So ultimately we're expecting obviously a pretty big Ohio State win. Now I'll tell you what. If we come out and crap the bed against Tulsa, I may go ahead and join you on the roof because if I see another crap <laughs> performance after that, I don't at that point, I don't even know what the solution is. How how can you not be motivated after getting your butt kicked like that to come out and try to show that hey, we're not that bad? Like they really better come out and destroy Tulsa. I mean destroy them. Because yeah. anything less than that, I will have lost complete all faith in this season. I really will. I know it's still early, but you're Ohio State. Like that's all I have to say. You are the Ohio State. You cannot let this happen. You know, we talked about this many, many times, especially in what I'm what I'm calling the COVID season in 2020. Just that feeling, dude. That feeling. It it, it just doesn't feel like it's there. It doesn't feel there. So I'm waiting for someone to show me that it is there because, you know, I don't know how. How can you? I'm sorry. I'm getting ready to go off on a. You know what? I'm gonna lose my here in just a second. How can you? not come out and look more motivated and give everybody everything you have versus Oregon in the shoe for the first time in two years with 105,000 plus waiting on you, cheering on you. My God, that's what the dream is. That's Ohio State football. We've waited two years to have it, and it's here, and you shit all over it. I can't for the end of the – For the end of the time, I swear to God, I'll probably never forgive them for that loss. I just yeah. can't do it. No, I that, can't do it. That that one, you know, you're 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 exactly right. And you know what's sad is that I almost felt like the team and the players needed to match the intensity of the fans because I know when I woke up that morning, I was excited, got me an early beverage, I listened to the Ohio State fight song on my surround sound, I got my jersey on, like I'm amped, I'm ready to go. Like I almost like you know. If coach would have said head on out in the field, I would put a helmet on. I don't care if I'd gotten killed. I would have sprinted my ass off out there. <laughs> like I was ready to go. And they just come out and they just looked uninterested. And Ryan Day even said they had circled this game on the calendar for the last couple of years. Bull crap. There is no way that this game looked like it had any sort of emphasis by the way we came out and played. Oregon wanted it. Oregon executed. Oregon looked like the better team. We came out and we looked terrible yeah. and we looked like we were lazy and we looked like the body language was awful and we had coaches that were getting pissed and yelling and players shrugged shoulders and it just, it was absolutely pitiful. And the worst thing is that was one of the first games we brought all these recruits to come watch and see the environment and everything. God, if I was one of those recruits on the side of the field, like, uh, Someone want to go ahead and pay for my bus ticket out of here? Cause uh, yeah. that was pretty bad. Like that's, Games like that hurt your recruiting. Like just, this game was extremely embarrassing. And I would almost be ashamed to be a recruit on the side of the field during that game. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I <clears throat> I just couldn't I couldn't stomach it to myself. I'm going, you know, we have waited so long for this. Like and you and like we talk about all the time, man, you're Ohio State. There is no time for an off day. There is no time to come out flat, especially at home home with 105,000 and it's not even shit weather yet. It's nice weather outside. Everybody's packed in there. Everybody's waiting to go. You've been waiting to go. This team wants to come in here. Oregon wants to come in here and dismantle everything you've ever worked for. You know that every team that comes to the horseshoe does. And when somebody does it, God, all I can think about is Baker Mayfield planting a freaking flag on the field. I mean, it just drives me nuts, dude. I cannot stand it. If you, if we would have came out there, and I felt like giving 150% and lost a battle and didn't come out victorious, then fine. Then yeah. fine. You take that and you go home and you learn from it. But when you come out and I feel like you don't even give 110% and then you get your tail spanked, no, mm. there needs to be some readjustment, some attitude readjustment in that locker room. You're absolutely right. And you did see that, you know, even though it wasn't the the flag being planted at midfield, you know someone put a rubber duck in, the, in midfield, right? <laughs> Well, we deserved it. They should have yeah. put one. You know what? I am going to say that. Yeah, just, just <laughs> I'm going to say where they should have put the other one. 
<laughs> oh, dude. Listen, this has been a long episode. I apologize for all of you guys that are still listening. We appreciate it. But there was a lot that needed to be said today. Um, but, you know, I'm sure that we are probably reciprocating the same sentiments that everyone else is feeling. And it's just like, how did this happen? Why is this happening? And where the hell do we go from here? You know, and I mean, the only thing we can do, like, it's been a few days now, so I, I've at least toned down, a, you know, kind of tamed down a little bit. I'm not as aggravated, but I'm still just in disbelief, you know, that how we, how with everything that we have going for us, with the coaches, the players, I mean, it being Ohio State itself, you know, we have all access to everything uh, that all these other teams have and more. You come out looking that bad, that flat and that uninterested so i get it man hey one thing before we get uh, off here we forgot to say what are we doing our prop bets for this week man that's a good question um listen yeah you're planning on coming back into town uh here October in about 30th you know in about a month or so um let's do it just for the good old 12 pack all right for, for this one this one for just good old 12 pack your favorite beverage and, and we and, will do a video and, episode. And and a gentleman's handshake and saying, you're right, I'm wrong. Yeah. We, we're we going to do a video one while we're there. Yeah, yeah. We did a video episode last year, which unfortunately was that Indiana game, which was kind of ugly. But, you know, I think that's the Penn State game, isn't it? Uh, yes, the it 30s. is. So, yeah, it'll be a video episode for the Penn State game. So, well. All right. Well, tell them where they can find us, Davis. Guys, as always, appreciate you listening. Um. You can find us on Facebook, and uh, we're also on Twitter. Um, but we post all of our things on YouTube, and we're on all the streaming services, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, all those. So definitely give us a listen. Give us a like. Uh, shout out to us. You know, you know share your feelings. Uh, we'd love to get some feedback because uh, even though we enjoy doing this, it's just two buddies doing this. You know, We'd love to get some feedback to try to make this better. So we welcome any and all input. But uh, until next time. We'll we'll catch you after the game. Go Bucks. OH.